Welcome to Episode 5 of the BCF ORG Tech Talk. I'm Brian Fisher. This episode explores the many advantages of electric actuators. This podcast series focuses on the various subjects and topics to help you choose the right industrial automation solution for your application. Each episode is approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, so you can listen while commuting. It's targeted to engineers and project managers. Electric actuators are being used in more and more industrial automation applications for a variety of reasons. In previous episodes, we covered introduction to electric actuators versus pneumatic cylinders, industry direction, cost of ownership, and unexpected downtime. This episode explores the many advantages of using electric actuators. In selecting linear actuators for your motion control applications, you can choose from various technologies, such as electromechanical, hydraulic, or pneumatic technologies. In nearly all cases, an electric actuator will prove to be the better choice due to a unique combination of characteristics. First, simpler design. Hydraulic and pneumatic actuators can have many more parts within their systems than an electrical actuator, and they can be much more complicated to incorporate into your design. The simpler design of electrical actuators results in savings in terms of design and maintenance because of lower ongoing costs, higher reliability, and fewer spare parts to stock in the case of needed repairs. Second, they're easy to integrate with other systems and equipment. It's much easier to integrate an electrical linear actuator with the microprocessors and programmable controllers that manage the operation of most modern industrial machinery than it is to integrate either a hydraulic or pneumatic solution. Third, they're more precise than hydraulics and pneumatics. Electrical actuators provide a much finer level of control throughout the entire motion range, enabling the force, speed, and torque to vary at different stages during the motion. This capability helps reduce operating costs and increase throughput by reducing the number of equipment changeovers required during a process or for product changeovers in manufacturing. They're safer. Hydraulic and pneumatic systems are typically under constant pressure and can rupture and leak, even when well-maintained, posing an environmental safety concern especially in food or medical processes. Leaked hydraulic fluid is a magnet for dirt and contamination. Lower cost. Even if the initial acquisition cost is higher, electromechanical actuators cost less to maintain, are easier to install, and are rugged and reliable for use in most every environment. Electrical actuators can maintain positioning of the load even without the continuous application of power, so they can be much less expensive to operate. In contrast, pneumatic actuators require a continuous flow of air pressure and a compressor that runs continuously to maintain a load. As stated previously, both pneumatic and hydraulic actuation systems are subject to leaks and hose failures under pressure. Easier assembly. Given that it is much easier to connect wires and cable than it is to connect hoses and pumps, the assembly process becomes simplified with electrical actuators than with their pneumatic or hydraulic counterparts. A smaller footprint. Because of the smaller number of components, electrical actuators usually have a smaller footprint than either hydraulic or pneumatic actuators with similar capabilities, 
the smaller size results in overall designs that are more compact. They're quieter. There's a reason why pneumatic actuators are nicknamed bang-bang or click-click devices. They typically have two stops, and the device usually makes a noise at each end of its motion as it bumps into mechanical stops. Electric actuators, on the other hand, use quiet electrical motors to control the motion, so they are more suitable for any application or device, but especially for devices destined for medical or healthcare facilities. They're cleaner. Pneumatic devices rely on compressed air, and any failures may blow contaminants into the environment. Hydraulics may leak and contaminate the product or the area. An electrical actuator uses electricity to operate. Increased flexibility and synchronization options. An electrical actuator provides the application designer or end user with flexible parameters that are often set with an interface from a PC or other device, allowing more design flexibility in a smaller footprint. In addition, these parameters may enable the device to synchronize with other equipment in an assembly line or production operation, providing smoother, more efficient operations. In researching this topic, I reached out to Dave Bronson of 4 in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area. Dave is the engineering manager for 4 a division of multi-source manufacturing. Dave has been in the food industry, specializing in prepackaging for more than 30 years. His experience is primarily between the cooling process and packaging equipment in organizing, sorting, inspecting, stacking, and singulating product. In addition, he's worked with many large food producers across the country and world, providing solutions to automate these processes in the protein, baking, and pizza markets. Davis spent years developing machines at customers' request, many times providing a custom solution specific to their needs. He has implemented new technology as it has evolved and is consistently looking for new ways to automate a means for further downstream packaging. Dave is currently working on a new pizza stacking line and an all-electric stacker to be introduced at Pack Expo International in Chicago this fall. 4Pack makes some of the world's most advanced stacking machines, having transitioned to electric actuators many years ago in industries that predominantly use pneumatics. Their machines are known for high reliability and minimal unscheduled downtime, besides providing high productivity in the industry. Let's welcome Dave Bronson. Dave, welcome to the BCF ORG Tech Talk podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Dave, I'm always interested in people's stories. Would you let us know what your path was to becoming the engineering manager at 4 Started out in mechanical engineering in college, got into the job force, actually started working for a friend of mine, became a drafter for him. He was just designing a lot of things on paper. I was putting it all to the computer. I worked with him for a couple, three years, and then all of a sudden he wanted me to go more into the design side of it. So I was designing machines for him and then ended up programming them back in the day, a long time ago. And then the company was sold and uh, moved on. And what happened was, is that actual owner, after he fulfilled his obligation, left. And they came to me, unbeknownst that I was even up for a job interview and said, hey, would you like to become the engineering manager of 4 And so that's how I became. And that was about 12 years ago. 
In previous episodes, we've covered the introduction to electric actuators versus pneumatic cylinders, industry direction, cost of ownership, and unexpected downtime. Today's topic is the many advantages of electric actuators. Would you please share your thoughts on this topic? We started using only pneumatics. Um, it was back in the day over 30 years ago. Pneumatics were easy. Everybody understood them. So we started using pneumatics in all of our equipment. And we really wanted to find a way to build a better mousetrap. There was a few things in the market or a couple of machines out there that did what we were attempting to do, but we really went after building that better mousetrap. And so then as the industry kind of turned over, the technology came out where we could use servos and we did that and we were using rack and pinions with guides. And we started to understand it and realize that the, that the industry was going to go there eventually. It was very expensive back in that time. And there wasn't a lot of people that we could call on for resources as far as who knew what we were asking or requesting. And so it was really a fledgling industry back then, at least to ours, our knowledge it was. But then what happened is the market started demanding faster and faster production times and more efficiency out of the equipment that was there. And it really drove us to go searching for electric actuators. We did that. We found a company that we were happy with. We could convert our existing design over to it rather, rather easily. Went down that path for a few years. Now we, we are literally uh, working on a machine that's going to be 100% electric, um, taking all the pneumatics out of it. Well, this question, you've probably already answered this, but how do you see the future of electric actuators versus pneumatic cylinders on machine applications? Well, like I said earlier, it's really about how technology is continuing to grow. The cost of the ownership of it is, is coming down. The, the ease of programming is becoming better every year. The manufacturers have really done outstanding work as far as trying to make it easier and easier for the general populace, machine builders, to just latch onto their products and, and program them easily. We also have gotten all the different CAD files and be able to do simulations and, and determine if it's going to be feasible or not. And I just see that in the next five to 10 years, it's going to even continue to be better and easier and a lot more stable even than it is today. And today is good. We're speaking with Dave Bronson, engineering manager at 4PAC in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area. Dave, what's been your experience on the reliability of electric actuators versus pneumatic cylinders? I really think that the evolution through the years provides a lot more simplistic solutions, like I said before. What has happened is it's been interesting with customers. You bring a machine in that they have had something in the past. We bring in our equipment that's got all electric actuation on it, and the efficiency goes up, and we get reports back that the downtime is less than 1%. They're increasing their production speeds that they didn't know what they could uh, back in the day. But one of the other things that's really been interesting is that there's a longer mean time before failure. In other words, pneumatic cylinders, they fail on a regular basis, sometimes two, three, four times a year. And when we've gotten into these electric actuators, it's ended up being four, five, six years before they'll have a breakdown on that. Now, that doesn't mean they have have to do maintenance on them. They still have to do that, but they are far superior compared to the pneumatic cylinders. 
Well, how do you see the associated costs of electric actuator technology versus pneumatic cylinders? Cost is higher on the beginning side. I know we were just doing a quote uh, recently, and the machine that we would normally quote has a relatively high price tag. But when you throw all of the actuator onto it, or all the electric actuators onto it, and drives and all the cabling, uh, substantially higher, like 25 to 30%. And we talk about it and say, boy, our machines are getting very, very expensive. Then we go back or, or revert and we say, you know what, though? The actual cost of ownership over the years is going to be less. Actually, ironically, we just had a study done by an electric actuator company on our equipment. And they have come out that by switching to an all-electric machine on just four lanes of production, a company can spend anywhere or can save anywhere between six and seven thousand dollars a year. You add that up over the course over the course of ten to fifteen years of a lifetime of a machine. That's substantial savings compared to driving it with pneumatics. And that doesn't even get into like the emissions and all that, or the coal and how to produce the power. And I mean, that's just that part of it just blows my mind. This is just hard dollars at a plant. Yeah, just all the air leaks and the maintenance and everything associated. With the pneumatic side. Exactly. Yeah, we're speaking with Dave Bronson, engineering manager at 4PAC in the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area. Dave, are there any other thoughts or comments that you'd like to add? Yeah, don't get me wrong. Pneumatics do have their rightful place in the automation industry. They're not, it's not going to go away. They do. There's definitely a, a right place for them, but we have good rep- we have good vendors that represent a lot of manufacturers in this line. Without them showing us all the time of the new technology that comes out, we would probably still be in the dark ages. So I really look to the manufacturers and the manufacturers reps and our distributors to help provide new insight as to what's to come. And then we continue to also look for new solutions through them. And individual research, I go to a, a few pack expos and bakery shows and other automation shows looking for new technology. And I found it and it's really interesting. And then you do your research on them and find out if people like it, don't like it. What's the pros and cons of it. It's an interesting journey every year. Something new happens. Well, how can people get in contact with you, Dave? Email or phone. You can go to our website. You can find my email address and phone number. And that's www.4pack.com. And it's F-O-R-P-A-K. Com. My phone number is 952-491-6975. And then my email address is dbrownson, that's brown like the color, S-O-N, at multisourcemfg.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on the BCF ORG Tech Talk podcast and discussing the many advantages of electric actuators. My sincere thanks today for being our guest. While hydraulic and pneumatic actuators have their place in certain applications, most engineers will find that clean, safe, quiet, flexible, and economical linear actuators are a better choice for most applications. My thanks to Linmont for sponsoring this episode. Linmont, the linear motion technology leader. Visit Linmont at linmont-usa.com. That's L-I-N-M-O-T dash usa.com. Online references for this episode were from Helix Linear Technologies and electricaleasy.com. 
This podcast is on several directories. In search, type B-C-F-O-R-G-T-E-C-H. Be sure to leave a space between B-C-F, O-R-G, and T-E-C-H. Click on subscribe or follow to automatically be notified of future episodes. And feel free to share this podcast with people who you think may benefit. A strong rating of these podcasts would be appreciated. In our next episode, six, we'll take away some mystery and discuss the topic, Linear Motors Made Simple. If you'd like to reach out to me with any questions, ideas, or potentially be a guest like Dave, please go to bcforg.com. There's a red Contact Us button in the middle of the homepage. A LinkedIn symbol is on the upper right. Click on that if you'd like to see my profile. These podcasts will be released monthly. From BCFORG Corp., I'm Brian Fisher, wishing you the best. Thanks. Thanks.